Uh, we are in John chapter 12 today. If you open your Bibles to verses 44 through 50, uh, we'll read that here in a minute. So we've been in John chapter 12. We kind of slow down here in this chapter, and it's been, uh, it's been wonderful uh, for me in studying uh, God's word has been ministering to me as I as I look at scripture and study it to uh, prepare for the sermon. I hope it's been a blessing to you as well. Um, we've talked about several different things pertaining to believing. Uh, you know, believing happens to us as a gift from God. It is by faith. But when you look at the process of believing, there are certain things that need to be there in order for belief to take effect in us. And um, one thing that we know that true belief means that we are, that we become like Christ. And we've talked about that already, how important it is for us to become like him. Uh, we are, if, if we are, if we have any fellowship with the light, then we should not walk in darkness because he causes us to walk in the light. Uh, we also talked about how if we are going to believe, we cannot believe unless we actually see his glory. Uh, we, you know, we, we have to see his glory. We have to see it for ourselves. Um, and we have to be convinced of it. Otherwise, how do we call upon him as Lord? Um, he, you know, because he has this wonderful glory um, and power and majesty, then we can have confidence in him as our Lord to meet our every single need. Uh, today, I want to talk to you about hearing his word and how important it is for us to hear his word and to uh, respond. So let's go ahead and, and look at our Bibles, verse 44, and I'm going to read all the way to 50, and then we'll go ahead and get into the passage. It says, And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. And I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life, what I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And that is the word of the Lord. So what we see here in our passage is a, we see a summary of what Jesus has already talked about. And there are, there, there's some new things here in this summary. It's a summary with some additional teaching. And here Jesus really speaks about his word and the word that he just shared with the crowd. Um, all the way back, if you go all the way back to verse 35, Jesus begins to teach the crowd about himself. And this, the placement of this verse, I will say, is a little odd. It seems like it should go all the way back right before verse 37, right before Jesus uh, hid from the crowd. We talked about that last week, how he hid from the crowd, and this wasn't just like a little hide-and-seek game, but rather it was Jesus showing his divinity and just, just being gone. I, I don't know how to describe it. If I say disappearing, uh, I don't know, but they could no longer see him. So it seems like this verse should have been there because after that, it's very clear that, that the people did not see him any longer until the crucifixion, until he was put on trial, arrested, put on trial, and then crucified. So it seems like this summary uh, should be 
there, but for some reason it is placed here. It's still the same event. It's just the way uh, John configured it in his gospel. And, um, but, but this is a, a great summary of what Jesus has already discussed with the crowd. And it, it summarizes everything from verse 35 through verse 43. And there Jesus tells them that, that he is God. He's revealing to, to them for the final time that he is God. Uh, he's, he's done it the whole time um, while he's during his earthly ministry. He's been very, very uh, open with that. He's been sharing the gospel with them. And here, this is the last time he's going to share it with them. And, um, but the problem is, is that as he shares the gospel with the crowd, they do not believe him. And Jesus, sensing the unbelief, he warns them that their time to believe is running out. And that's, if we go back to verse, uh, verses 35 and 36, this is where Jesus tells them, the light is among you for a little while longer. He's referring to himself as the light. That theme is consistent throughout the Gospel of John. Uh, John continually, or consistently rather, mentions Jesus as the light. So that light is pointing to his holiness, his deity, his oneness with God. And he is saying that, uh, Jesus is saying about himself that he is going, is only among them for a little while longer. And in verse 35, he says, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. So Jesus is giving the crowd this final warning. And he's tell, telling them, believe in me. Believe in me that I am the son of God and the savior of the world. Believe in me or the darkness that you have, the sin that you have inside of you is going to overtake you. In other words, it's going to master you. So this summary comes after that, after Jesus describes everything. Um, and the warning is, is that they continue to reject him. This darkness will master them. It will overtake them. But if they believe in him, then uh, verse 36 tells us that they will become sons of God. So what we've heard already from verses 35 all the way to verses, uh, verse 43, we've already heard that believing is becoming. If we are going to believe in him, then we must become like Christ. We've also seen believing is seeing his glory. Today, we're going to see how important it is to listen to his words. Uh, the very first thing that we see in our passage, which is uh, verse 44, Jesus begins this conversation or this, this summary with, with solidifying who he is. He describes himself and he describes his oneness with God. And that's very important because in essence what Jesus is saying here in verses, uh, starting in verse 44, he is saying that if, if you reject me, you reject God. And he explains why that is. So he begins to emphasize his essence in relationship to the Father. Uh, verse 44, to believe in Christ is to believe in the Father. That's what he establishes. Okay, then verse 45, to hear Christ is to hear the Father. Then in verse 50, or excuse me, to see Christ is to see the Father. And then in verse 50, to hear Christ is to hear the Father. So you see the theme there, you see what Jesus is doing. He's saying we are one, we are one and the same. To believe in me is to believe in the Father. To see me is to see the Father. To hear me is to hear the Father. 
See, what Jesus is doing here and what he is saying is that there is no separating Christ from the Father. Jesus is revealing that the truth about his identity, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world, that he is God in the flesh. That's important for us because if you believe in the Father, well, you must believe in the Son because they are one. They are one in essence. You you cannot reject one without rejecting the other. They stand together. If you have true faith, then you believe in the Father and the Son. Because to see Christ is to see the Father. And as Jesus said, to hear Christ is to hear the Father. Hebrews 1.3 says about Jesus, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Now this verse reminds me of what we humans do with our kids. I know my wife and I aren't the only ones who do this, but when we're at home, let's say one of your kids does something bad and one parent looks to the other and says, that's your kid, right? When they do something good, that's my kid. But we we take credit for them being like us. In some ways, in many ways, our kids are like us, but this is not what this verse is saying. Because if I use that analogy, if I use that example, it falls short because they are not the exact imprint of us. They're like us, but not the exact imprint of us. Jesus is one in essence with the Father. If you see him, you see the Father. If you hear him, you hear the Father. He is God. And that's an amazing thing because this is what Scripture promised us from the very beginning, that God God would fix sin himself, and he sent his Son to do that. So Hebrews 1.3, it points to Jesus being the same essence of God, without faith in Son, one cannot have. Without faith in the Son, one cannot have faith in the Father. To dismiss the Son is to dismiss God altogether. Why? Because they are one, and that's the point Jesus is making. Well, for us, we hear that, and that's that's orthodoxy for us. That's. That's normal. That's what we believe. That's what we have been taught, and that's what we believe. I hope we're all on the same page, that the Son and the Father are one. We worship a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's the basics for us. And for us, we're like, yeah, amen. I see a lot of heads nodding. You agree with me? But picture this. You're not in, you're not in this church right now. Picture this. You're, you're a Jew who believes in one God, and you have no idea about the Trinity. And you're hearing Jesus saying, I am God. If you see me, you see him. If you hear me, you hear him. Now that paints a different picture. And you get a sense of how difficult it was for them to understand. I mean, it's difficult enough for us to understand. 
thank God for the Holy Spirit, but think about them and what they had been taught, their traditions and everything they had learned. They had to get past all that to even attempt to believe. There's no way they would have gotten there without the help of God, without the help of his spirit. So it was very difficult for the Jews of Judaism to accept because many had not made that connection that the Father and the Son are one. But listen, it's no different today. It's very hard for people to accept now. Because there are many, there are plenty who want the benefits of salvation without clinging on to Christ. There are people who want a God that they can just configure up in their minds and they want to worship that, but that is not the true God. That is only an idol. There are many who cannot imagine how Jesus could be the only way. In fact, when we preach Christ, whenever we share Christ, and if you share Christ enough, sooner or later you're going to come across someone who says you are narrow-minded. There is no way that Jesus is the only way to God. Well, that's when we share John 14, 6 with them and says, I am the truth, the life, the truth, and the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. But see, we cling on to that verse, but not everybody understands that. But God has said in his word, No one comes to the Father except through the Son. If you reject the Son, consequently, you reject the Father. And for me, that is essential to point out. Because this is the message that Jesus is giving to the crowd, and this is the difficulty the crowd is having. This is why they cannot believe. This is why they arrest him. This is why they they crucify him. Because... His claim to be his claim of being one with God. Now, what are we doing with that? What have we done with that concerning our faith? Because this is essentially the gospel. This makes the difference between heaven and hell. Belief and unbelief. This is the dividing line, what we do with Christ. Look at verses 47 through 48. Jesus changes the conversation here, and he gets to what I'm, what I'm getting to. He says, those who hear but do not do, well, they will be judged. Well, guess who's hearing? Everybody he's talking to. That goes for us today as well. Everyone who hears the word of God, well, we're going to be judged by the word of God. That's exactly what Jesus is saying in verses 47 through 48. See, this message that Jesus shares with the people, it is truth. And that's what he says in verse 46. It is truth. When he says it is light, that means it is truth. And if they obey him, they will no longer walk in darkness. Now we see a shift in conversation to discuss the implications of not receiving his words as truth. 
And that's what we're dealing with in verses 47 and 48. Listen to verse 47. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now that could be a little bit confusing. If you don't understand this in context. Perfect timing. (laughs) If we don't understand this in context, it can be a little bit confusing. Because we know that Jesus will judge all things. The Bible says that every tongue will confess and every knee will bow to him. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord and every knee will bow to him. He is the reigning king. He is the king of kings. We, we know that. So what's happening here? Well, Jesus is not contradicting himself. What he is speaking of, he is speaking of his earthly mission and the purpose of his earthly mission, the mission of the incarnation, of God taking on flesh. That is what he is speaking of. He is saying, I am not here to judge right now. Right now, I'm here to save. That's the same thing he says in John chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He's talking about the incarnation, the mission, what he's doing right now. He has been sent to save the world. So yes, Jesus is the eternal judge, and he will will judge according to the truth of his word. And that's what happens. That's why the very next verse he mentions, the one who rejects me does not receive my words. And excuse me, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. That's verse 48. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. See, think about it. Think about verse 48. Let me reread that one again just so that we can we can let it sink in. The one who rejects me that who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Now think about that verse for you if you are a judge unto yourself. Now what do I mean by that? Well, think about this. If you live your life as though there is no God, or if you live your life as if you are God, you will have a judge, and he will judge you according to truth, and not your truth. See, that's really popular today in today's culture. Everybody has their own truth. And, and, and as long as I live by my own truth, I'm going to be okay. Well, there, truth is not different. You cannot separate it. Truth cannot be contradicting. There is only one truth, and it is found in his word. His word will judge us in the last day. We will have to answer to the king of kings for what we've done. So if our whole lives we are a judge unto ourselves, we will be judged by him in the end.
But if our whole lives we use and live and obey the word of God, then we should not fear any judgment. Because God, Jesus, has already paid the penalty of our sin and we are being sanctified by the truth of his word. But for those who are a judge unto themselves, you will be judged if you use the word of God to support your, your sinful lifestyle. That's what I mean about having your own truth. You will be judged for disobeying God's word altogether. You will be judged according to the truth of God's word. And listen, the penalty will be more than you can bear. That's why I've never liked that saying, God will never give you more than you can handle. That is so untrue. So untrue. If that were true, hell would never be would never be present. The penalty you will have for being your own God, for worshiping your idols be more than you can bear. So what can we learn from this? Well, we need to learn to be doers of God's word and not only hearers. Because we can all hear, right? We, 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 not everybody hears with spiritual ears. And what do I mean by that? Well, th- this Holy Spirit is the one who enlightens us. Whenever God's word is either read by ourselves, are preached to us from somebody else, are taught to us. The Holy Spirit is the one who enlightens us to, as to the message and what it means and, and how it, should, it, it changes our hearts, does its work inside of us. The Holy Spirit is doing all of that. Without the Holy Spirit's work, we could not actually hear his word in the way we need to hear it. But as Christians, we need to be doers of God's word as well as hearers. So let me ask you this question again. What are you doing with the word of truth that you have received? Because in verses 49 through 50, Jesus says, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Like for me, that really just wraps things all together and it, it summarizes the importance of God's word in our lives. What are we doing with the word of truth? Like we, we claim that this is God's word. We claim that, that this is breathed out by God. Scripture claims it, but we say amen to it. But what are we doing with it? Is it guiding our lives? Are we students of it? Is there a commitment from us to obey his word? Or are we tearing pages out of it, pages that we don't want to live by? Are we doing our own thing? Are we just playing church? 
There's so many questions that you need to ask yourself. What have you done with Christ? What have you done with your sin? What have you done with your life? What have you done with your blessings that God has given you? To me, all those questions, they, they, they fit under this category of what have we done with the word of truth? Because if, as far as Christ is concerned, we must see him as our Savior. He is our God. He is our Lord. We must commit our lives to him. Well, what have you done about your sin? Well, do you just live in your sin and say, well, the world's just going to have to accept me because this is who I am? Or is there repentance in your life? Is there a hatred for sin? What have you done with your life itself? Are you serving? Are you living your life according to his word? Are you praying for God to help you every single day so that you decrease and he increases in you? And what have you done with your blessings? Tell you what, everyone in here is extremely blessed. We have been given many things. We have time, we have talents, we have treasures. What are you doing with them? That's why I say we must be doers of God's word and not only hearers. Because to believe is to hear his word, to see his glory, and to obey his commands. I think that's something for us to think about as we leave today and to pray about. I hope it was a blessing to you. Let's pray.